Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon, and together with my husband, Marcus Dillon, we lead Who's Really the Boss podcast, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. Well, welcome back to another episode of Who's Really the Boss podcast. Hey, thanks for having me back. We are honored to have two special guests with us today. So we are doing an interview with an actual team of three. We talk about team of three at DBA a lot. And today we're actually interviewing all three members of one of our teams of three. So today we have Amada Santos, um, client service manager, and Elena Munoz, client controller. Hey, guys. All right. And so you didn't introduce the client CFO and, and our client CFO that rounds out that team of three, Marcus Dillon. Yeah. Welcome, Marcus. Thanks. <laughs> so glad to have you here. <laughs> um, so let's start with Amada. Amada, will you tell a little bit more about yourself other than just client service manager at DBA? Yes. Hi. Um, my name is Amada. I've been with uh, Dylan Business Advisors for about nine, nine years, 10 next month. And um, I first started working there as an admin, and then I moved my way up to what or where I am now as a client service manager. And who works with you from home? Two dogs and a bird that typically are working with me on a daily basis. That's right. We love uh, Kiwi and the dogs. Um that Amada, sometimes we get to hear Kiwi in our team meeting. So yes. yeah, that's awesome. Um, and Elena, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself as well? Yes. Hi, I'm Elena. I'm a client controller at Dillon Business Advisors. I have uh, over 17 years of experience um, in accounting, tax, payroll for small businesses. Uh, I have been at Dillon Business Advisors for six years now. Uh, but I did start my career as an intern uh, at a mid-sized accounting firm in their accounting department, uh, followed by several tax positions, and now I'm as a client controller. And we're going to skip Marcus's intro. Hopefully people have listened before yeah. and know a little bit about Marcus. If uh, we have any new listeners, they can go back and listen to previous episodes and get to know you a little bit more. Oh, yeah. So before we start team of three conversation, we always ask our guests, what was the best piece of advice you've ever been given? So we're going to start with Amada. Amada, tell us what's the best piece of advice that you want to share today. Maybe there's a lot of advice, but maybe the one for today. Um, I, I would say, and I tell this myself a lot as well, but um, everything happens for a reason, whether good or bad, it, it happens for a reason. I love that. Yeah, that's great. Anything to share on that? No, I think that's wise perspective. That's very wise. Absolutely. There's always something to learn, right, from anything that happens. So I think what we always talk about that either um, it's it's never a failure when things happen or, you know, it doesn't have to be so bad if there's a lesson learned from whatever has taken place. Yeah, and then yes, absolutely. If you're at peace that it's happened for a reason, then you can move forward and either improve upon or correct, depending on what the nature of what happened is, right? So, yeah, it's good. 
Absolutely. And then today we get an extra bonus. We're going to get another piece of advice. So Elena, best piece of advice you've ever been given. Best piece of advice I've been given is do everything to your best ability. So regardless of what you're doing, uh, it was more related towards work. It was my dad actually that told me, it doesn't matter if you're the janitor or, you know, whatever role position you have, be the best at it. And um, I just remember saying, I'm not going to be the janitor. <laughs> I'm not going to be a janitor. And he's like, well, that's not my point. My point is be the best at whatever it is that you're doing. I love that. And just thinking about like, I'm not going to be the janitor. This had to have been like in your teen years. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I don't remember how old I was, but I mean, teenager, yes, somewhere, middle school, high school, somewhere around there. It definitely sounds like a teenage answer that we would get from <laughs> our children. So <laughs> now teenager, being parents of response. teens, that sounds just like a teen response. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, and so getting into team of three, since we have all three of you guys here, we can get perspectives um, yeah. and kind of the day to day from each of you. So, Marcus, will you start us out with kind of what is the team of three in case this is a new concept for anybody listening? Yeah. And we wanted to have this episode where we had an actual full team of three. So CSM controller and CFO, we all work together in a pod. So like this isn't um, somebody from Leslie's pod or somebody we don't work with. So this is a team that works together in and out of the week, the month, the year to serve a client. So um, team of three concept has been very popular uh, with other firm owners trying to figure out team structure. So we're, we're really hoping to provide an overview and build upon that with actual team of three that we have here. So team of three is our service model at DBA. And that has evolved from um, having disconnected people in projects where you would do things just in time as things came in the door, see who was available to work on that project, whoever had availability, you went and pulled the project, whether it was a tax return or some type of financial or payroll, whatever was needed. And there were issues that we saw with that. So we evolved into this team of three model where we can tell the client exactly who they will be working with throughout their lifetime uh, with DBA as a service model. And so by doing so, you keep knowledge of that client in that team and those in those three people. They know that client really, really well and serve them really well. The other piece that it does is it identifies who does what on the team. So Amada has a unique skill set and unique responsibilities in that team. The same goes for Elena and myself. Um, so I think those are the pieces where you look at everything that a firm does for their clients. And we just wanted to make it really simple. The other thing, this was born out of conversations we were having with prospects and language we were having with prospects to help them know what we really did at the end of the day. And we said, why don't we just adopt that language internally as well? That way our client, our, our team members know how to serve our clients the best way. And then it all lined up and we just leaned into it the last few years. Yeah, absolutely. And so the team of three really was important. Um, one for me, having phone calls with prospects and trying to explain all of the services and all of the things that we do to people who are not familiar necessarily with accounting, with accounting terms. Um, and they're 
kind of attention span and eyes would glaze over. I could tell they really didn't know what I was talking about anymore. And, you know, I could just kind of stop. Um, so one, simplifying the language of who does what and simplifying to give very specific roles and responsibilities to people on our team to make it that much easier. Um, that was not only for external, that was for internal as well, so that everyone on our team knew exactly who did what, who to go to for help when they needed something or support when they needed it. Um, capacity was a huge problem though in the beginning in the beginning um, and both of you guys were part of the team at that time and so you remember we had a lot of annual only tax projects in addition to needing to provide accounting services and advisory services at the same time and there just weren't enough hours in the day to get every single thing done and so we really had to come up with a plan or a way to either, well, to create more capacity. Either we had to serve fewer clients, we had to hire more people, or a combination of everything and become find a more efficient way, a more effective way to serve those clients. Yeah. Um, a lot of pain points that we <laughs> that we learned through, uh, going back to Amada's uh, comment, you know, her advice, you know, everything happens for a reason. So all those pain points led to where we are today. And we're thankful for those pain points, honestly, because we wouldn't be here without them. So. Yeah. Amada, Elena, do you guys remember, can you think back way back when, um, when we first started offering the client advisory services to any of the, any other pain points or just expand on any that I already mentioned? I guess yeah. uh, just to piggyback off of what Marcus said, the once a year catching up, uh, not, not, not knowing or seeing the client on a regular basis like we do now, um, it just, you know, it, it was just, it was a lot hard. It was a little more, it was a lot harder uh, to uh, just really be there for them. And it just always felt like after the fact advice uh, versus what we do now. And way in the beginning, Amada, you were um, helping with answering phones in the office and people would call. Yes. Did they have any idea who they were calling for? Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> they, not. They had no idea. So oftentimes, who would they ask for? They would always ask for Marcus. Always. That's, that's always, um, is Marcus there or is, is Dylan fella there? And we didn't, um, like Marcus mentioned, we didn't have people necessarily assigned to their account. It really was who had availability when that project or when that work came in. So there wasn't really consistency of who worked on any of their work or even who maybe answered a question for them. Um, it was not always Marcus, even though they always thought it was Marcus or maybe could only remember his name out of the team. Um, but they always asked for the owner. And so that is not a way to create capacity because really you only have so much time in a day that one person cannot do the work of an entire team. Yeah. I think back to, we talk about like there's beauty in the evolution. And so whenever we were in the Park Grove office, I'm trying to think 2015, 2016, 2017 is probably those years. And Amada was on the team. Elena was not on the team yet. And we implemented 
whoever pulled the project, so we were getting a little bit better because we saw this pain point. Whoever pulled the project, it was on them to call the client, introduce themselves, let them know, hey, this is going to be myself. I'm working on this project this year. If you have anything come up. So we, we made small adjustments, but even then it was if that person changed from year to year, things change. Um, it's just learning, right? And so that was a small improvement. And we said, why can't we just take that a little bit further and serve that client from year to year or throughout the year with the same team? So I think that was a small little change that I remember. Yeah, I do remember doing that. I do remember having to call them, letting the let him, letting the client know, hey, I pulled, you know, I have your return, I have your data, I'm going to start working on it. Just yes, I do remember making those phone calls before we even started tax preparation. Yeah. Uh, and then, so then by the time I had, you know, questions to, you know, missing data or just questions about whatever it is that they had provided, they knew who was calling them because I had already pretty much introduced myself uh, from the, from the beginning. Uh, and I do recall another pain point is uh, it's now coming back to me was uh, <laughs> the lack of consistency within a family or businesses Okay, so I may have pulled one business, but the owner may have had three or four different businesses. So then trying to figure out, well, who has that other business? Because there might be intercompany, uh, there might be, you know, something happens within this return. I need to make sure it ends up on that one or vice versa, or even the individual. Uh, I believe, I remember, I, I can think of a client who I prepared a couple businesses, a different tax accountant at the, at the time prepared businesses, and a completely different person ended up preparing the return just because of that first in, first out pulling system that we had. Uh, and then just, it, there was a, it took more effort in figuring out that everything flowed, you know, smoothly, like versus now where it's like, okay, I own everything. And I know that if it's on this return, it's going to make it all the way to the personal return. So coming from a tax, from a tax point. Yeah. The, the pain points start slowly coming back. Right. So I think yeah. I remember uh, to your point, it was, we even had like divisions with DBA within DBA at that time. So it was, we had like an accounting division who would wrap up the accounting, then that would go to a certain person or a team that would do just the business tax return. And they were skilled in business tax returns. And then you'd have a whole nother team that did only the individual. And, and what happened is those silos built up, there was never consistency in the hours worked. And then to, to Elena's point, we added on that extra like phone call because whenever they would call or email in and they got to a motto or whoever answered, they didn't know who to talk to. So we thought, well, this is a way that we can solve for that. But you get into the thick of things, you have hundreds of clients and then they buy, you know, a, a team member is going to do what they can to get through the day. And sometimes that extra phone call is what would get, you know, missed or left out. And um, that's that's where we've kind of evolved now to where even when a client is onboarded, when a, when a prospect comes in the door, we've pretty much identified who their team of three is going to be from onboarding all the way through service model. And it, it just cuts out so many of those pain points that we've lived through and now have evolved to where we're at. Yeah, absolutely. So there there was some challenges and information or knowledge lost in between those silos. Um, sometimes returns would be sitting and waiting on a K-1 for a return that we 
prepare and should have that K-1 waiting on W-2s for payroll clients that we do and uh, have the W-2. So there were a lot of things, there were a lot of reasons as to why internally we needed to do it. Um, Building trust and a relationship with the clients externally and letting them um, really get to lean on the team and utilize all the services and the value that we could bring Uh, really is supported by this team of three model. As far as week to week, Amada, what does that look like if you have questions? Because a lot of times prospects will ask me how our team will know what the expenses or the income relates to. So how do you, how do you manage that as far as their um, transactions that are coming in? Okay. So my book of clients is mainly dental. So most of the charges are very familiar. So if one account has a certain charge and I see it in another one, I know like what it is, but if it's something very like different or not that I have seen, I always reach out to Elena first. Um, I talk to her, um, and then if she doesn't know, we reach out to Marcus. So that's how our team of three works. Like if you know, go kind of sort of like the chain of command. Um, if, if we just don't know what it is, then I just, you know, we reach out to the client. We message them like, hey, can you like give me a little bit more information about this charge just because we want to know where to classify it. We just want to make sure that we classify it correctly and, you know, into the QuickBooks. And then as far as end of the month, what does that look like different than maybe what you do every single week? So at the end of the month, there's a little bit more to it than what we do on a weekly basis. Um, end of the month, it consists of a lot of adjustments, um, such as like depreciation. Uh, I make sure like the bank loans are tied to, you know, what the statement says. Um, we do a little bit of adjustments there just to capture interest. Um, we reconcile. We um we, we pull a lot of statements, a lot of payroll uh, reports, just to make sure that everything does tie to the P&L or the balance sheet. Um, our, you know, it's mainly a lot of reconciliation, um, a lot of, adjust, you know, month-end adjustments. Yeah. And so that's not necessarily the time that you're trying to go back over questions that you had about individual um expenses maybe that came through that's already done which allows you to quickly go through reconciling we try to do as much as we can clear out anything that you know we may have doubts on um throughout the you know throughout the weeks throughout the day um that way when month end comes it's easy peasy we make sure like the balance is tied reconcile and you know finish up the financial and send them over for review so then elena can issue Awesome. So that takes us perfectly over to Elena as client controller. And so Elena, what does that look like for you? And you can give us a little bit on week to week, what your days look like. And then when it comes to month end or certain seasons of the year, you can let us know what that, how that differs. Okay. Yes. So weekly, uh, like Amada said, um, my role is supporting the client service manager. And in this case, Amada and I work uh, work very closely together uh, alongside with Marcus as our client CFO on um, on our you know uh, designated client. So on a weekly basis, I support her. What can I help her uh, either? questions that she personally has or even questions from the client. Uh, Sometimes we even have to brainstorm on what do we need to ask the client. 
so definitely a lot of uh, questions is, we, we communicate a lot. Um, that way we can ask the right questions if we, if we need to. Uh, we try to keep, you know, we try to work together internally as much as we can. Uh, is there a task that we can work on now that will impact the financials? And that's on a weekly basis. Like, what can I do now versus putting it off for, you know, during monthly financial prep or review? Um, so we, you know, Amada and I were, were, pretty good about staying on top of that. Um, and uh, training, offering knowledge, like she said, you know, she has a question about something, she'll come to me first. If I know, I help her, I answer it, we move on. If I don't know, I'll say, let's ask Marcus and um, let's see if he knows. And usually, so I guess I, tr we, I filter uh, on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. I do filter. So uh, if we reach out to Marcus, it's, it's, because I either I don't know or I need confirmation. Like I just I, I think I know, but uh, let's just make sure <laughs> let's just make sure I do know what I know <laughs> or what I think I know. Uh, and then uh, on a monthly basis, uh, once Amada has you know completed all her tasks to prepare the financials, she sends them to me for review. I review the financials. I provide feedback if there's any changes or if I have any suggestions for her. Uh, when it comes to those monthly financials, I record a commentary every month. Uh, the commentary is for the client. So I go through and I'll talk about ups and downs, percentage changes. Uh, if there's something new that happened in the month, you know, a new, a new fixed asset or they, uh, you know, paid off a loan. Like I make sure to, uh, highlight that in the commentary and, um, issue the financials to the clients. And then of course, uh, you know, if they have questions, um, I will, uh, I'll schedule meetings as a client control, client controller, schedule meetings with clients one-on-one. -on -one. Sometimes Amada is pulled in. Um, I'm, you know, as a client controller, I also support the client CFO. So sometimes Marcus asks me to join in on some of his meetings. Um, and so mm -hmm. I'll, you know, just every month is different. Um, simultaneously while I'm doing that, uh, depending on the time of year, I might be reviewing 1099s preparing business uh, property tax renditions, calculating tax projections, tax estimates, or advising on tax estimates. Um, and like I said, meeting with clients and um, so just supporting, supporting a moderator or, or supporting markets, who, you know, whichever just depends on, on the situation. During tax season, tax season, tax season now is an afterthought. Um, thankfully, uh, nowadays, you know, we're, we're doing we're, uh, as a client controller, we're reviewing the financials for the current year, uh, and at the same time, we are working on the client's business, personal tax returns from the prior tax year, uh, thankfully, all within normal business hours. Yeah. And so how do you, how do you manage, like, what are some of the things that we do in DBA to allow for that tax preparation to not be the nightmare that so many people experience as accounting professionals. How do we avoid it becoming yeah. the nightmare? Yeah. Is that, is that what you said? Yes. Uh, yes. So we, the, well, pretty much everything that we have implemented as 
the team of three. I mean, what Amada does on a weekly basis, uh, you know, even monthly preparing the financials to what I do, to what Marcus does, and hopefully I'm not speaking into his role, but to what Marcus does as a client CFO, like just as a whole, by the time, by the time tax season comes around, I mean, we've, the financials are done. I mean, the whole, the prior year it's completed, everything's reconciled. Uh, if there's fixed assets, they're recorded, depreciation taken all throughout the year. Um, I mean, we have, we have a good set of financials before year end, uh, for those that have office and home, for those that have, um, like mileage reimbursements or auto reimbursements, uh, what we would consider tax adjustments. We, if, if at all possible, we try to get them in on the December financials and that way it just rolls right into the, it rolls right into the tax return without too much thought. Yeah. And then also using software, utilizing software to even pull that data, um, from QBO or wherever we have it stored that it needs to go in. So even eliminating a little bit of that, which, you know, prior to using a software for that, it still was so much faster with having the team of three, having the completed financials, knowing things were up to date and accurate, and then that you could just go in and populate that information. But now even saving minutes on that using software um, really allows you to continue to provide the support, do the uh, monthly financial review and prepare tax returns all within a regular business week, not Mm -hmm. overtime. Yeah. I think the other piece, like Elena said, you know, every month may look different. And I I would say like there's a rhythm throughout the year for her and for every position on that team of three to where you may be doing some different tasks throughout the, the year based on the month, but you're doing it for your set group of clients that you know really, really well. And I think that makes it easier to just roll into tax. And you're looking back at the tax projection that was maybe done in November based on September, October financials, you know, just making sure everything kind of is in agreement at that point with what you know to be true or what has been talked about. Maybe they did something in the last week of December, bought something, and you're like, ah, that's the reason for the change. But other than that, it's check, check, check. Let's roll on and let's really look at the current year. And that's where Amada and Elena really help clients be more proactive versus focusing on the past where it was like nine months in arrears and trying to get things caught up just to file a tax return. Our clients, it's February 5th today. And, you know, uh, tax returns are pretty much in review for some clients and January financials are getting looked at about to be issued, having those conversations with clients. So within 45 days, clients are already focused on the current year versus a lot of times, maybe they're still thinking about what did I do last year? What should I have done last year? How can I still take advantage of certain tax things, um, in the prior year? So. Yeah, absolutely. And I know, um, and Elena may have also been kind of thinking through this by having that set routine and that set schedule, those responsibilities that, you know, it does create margin for the one off things or the differences for the client with their little things and their business that come up. Um, those aren't scheduled or planned. Like you never know when somebody's going to ask for something you know, they are doing something in their business or they have a question about something different. Um, Those we can't plan for. But when the um, main responsibilities to keep their accounting and their tax 
current and then kind of in the know, then it allows for the ability to be able to answer those questions and address those things without saying this is something that a long time ago we had to do. Um, we can answer that for you after April 15th. <laughs> so starting really about mid-February, I think anything, literally anything that was not related to a current tax year question, we would not answer. We would pretty much push them off and say, after April 15th, we'll get back to you on that. Here's, you know, even a calendar, like you, we can schedule time for you after April 15th yeah. to answer those types of questions. Whereas now I think we would all cringe if anyone on the team had to say that to a client, right? Like you have to wait two months before you can ask me about that. <laughs> so, but that, that happened. That was I've got a really normal. good story. I'm like, that was normal practice, um, you know, probably yeah. eight years ago. So I've got a really good story and we're about to go into what my role looks like. Right. And so as client CFO, obviously on a weekly or monthly basis, I'm there to support, you know, CSM and controller. So Elena and Amada in this situation, see if they need me. And if they need to ask me something, I just make it up. And then <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> They know to call me out, but a lot of times I am like that last check. And then if I need to go to the client or Elena or whoever, I uh, will get the blessing on, Hey, this is what it looks like. This is maybe how we're going to treat it. So just kind of giving that overall guidance. Um, so on a weekly, monthly basis, that's my role. And I'm also involved in a lot of meetings uh, throughout the year. So we do have monthly quarterly touch points with most of our clients, but that could happen all throughout the year based on when they're available. So it may be their quarterly appointment may happen in January or it may happen in February or March, depending on what when they want to meet. The great thing for me as a CFO is I can pick up just the most recent month's financials. I'm not going back to 90 days or 45 days to pull. Um, so that's why it is great. And all of their hard work has led to easier conversations with our clients to plan and guide. And to your point, like we used to be that way where it was like, hey, would love to plan current year with you. Let's wait until after April 15th. It's funny because not only do I get to go to meetings with clients, but I also am in meetings and breakfast and things like that with referral sources and looking for opportunities to advance the business, whether it's on behalf of DBA or our clients, see what opportunities are available for them. Well, I was meeting with one of our really close referral partners, who's a financial advisor, and he was telling me about some different strategies, some new products in the market. And he mentioned a client that he had is coming upon a capital gain and, you know, different things like that. And he had reached out to a CPA that we both know. And he said that CPA told him it was mid, mid January. He's like, I'm already way too busy. This is going to have to wait until after April 15th. And that just happened two weeks ago. It's funny how many opportunities are missed because people are head down doing things, grinding the old way. And that's where I would just, if you're listening to this and does it really work, I would say like that's on the other side of some of the hard work to where you actually do get to not only see opportunities for yourself and your business, but also your clients. And that's your job as CFO is to have that relationship with your clients with them, but then also be able to evaluate what the market allows for opportunity wise. And so like, that's the the greatest thing. And whenever people ask us about what is advisory or what are your advisory packages include? What reports do you send clients? Clients don't care about reports at the end. Well, our clients don't care about reports. They may ask myself, Elena, Hey, can you print this out or analyze this? 
but it's it's kind of a one-off. So while we do provide set reports, as CFO, advisory is not the report you send, it's the relationship that you have with your client. And so that's the piece where because of their hard work throughout the weeks and the months, that allows me to have that touch point with our clients, whether it's with the client or with other people that may impact our client just in the day-to-day operations of our business. Yeah, that's good. And I know that Amada and Elena, myself, we want to know. So client CFO meets with the client maybe quarterly, some of them monthly. What do you do week to week? What, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, at work? Uh, I'm creating more work for others. That's, that's what I'm doing. So no, that's the truth. It's, that's it's, the uh, honest truth. You know, I think we've structured speaking to like firm owners and why you would also do this. I think we've structured the business to where we create a great place to work for team members. We create a great structure for them to have confidence in their day, not knowing that they're going to have to log in after hours or on the weekends just to do their job. Like Elena had said it earlier, like that's our goal in in the business, right? Part of the other goal and what sustains us long-term is that flexibility for us as owners and CFOs. So if I had a week where I wanted to stack all my CFO touchpoint meetings, I could totally do that. And then the next week, maybe we're on a trip or something different, or I'm doing deep work on another opportunity that I see in the market. So that's the great thing that this has allowed for us um, as structure-wise. So CFO, you still got to your clients are still a very important part of the equation. Your team is probably just as important, if not more important to the um, equation. So always making sure that those two are healthy. And if so, it allows you some freedom to do other things. So I think those are the pieces where that allows me to go do um, have breakfast meetings with referral sources and see what opportunities exist. So um, I'm not hopefully playing too much hooky, but it's fun right now. Um, and I think that's the piece where as the owner of the CFO, you're always connected to a certain degree, you know, and, um, that's just, that comes with the role and I'm okay with that. You know, if they need something, if Amada needs me at seven o'clock at night to add funds to the 1099 program, I'm going to go log in in 15 minutes and go do it. Cause she's giving her, her hard time to, for, for the business. And so I have to, drop what I'm doing, no matter, I mean, it's probably watching Netflix or something and go log in, <laughs> add time or add money so she can finish up what she's got. So Part of our time um, and Elena as well as part of the leadership team is spent on how do we continue to improve the business, whether that's from efficiency, whether that's just from um, an employee standpoint, just a better place to work, a client experience standpoint. So all of those things is constantly, I would say your extra time is working on the business. So whether that's evaluating softwares or technology, meeting with referral partners, supporting the team, thinking about new things, different things that we can do in the business. Um, I wouldn't say that you're lazy or just take random days or times off, um, unless there's something new you want to buy, then I, I lose focus. He, yeah. He, uh, um, we'll schedule so. some time off, yeah. not working. Yeah. I, I lose focus. So I'll own that, but, um, I come back pretty hard. All right. And so just thinking through from, from the standpoint of the team, what have been some of the benefits of implementing the team of three? And Elena, Amada, I'll let y'all fight over who wants to go first. Okay, I'll go. Um, 
I, I would say consistency and, and support. Uh, I have the same people I go to on a daily basis. Um, they support is consistent. And I mean, just having someone there, like the same people, like knowing the type of answers they're going to get, um, you know, and then just reaching out for confirmation most of the time. Yeah, that's good. Elena. I was going to, yeah. So, uh, similar, uh, being able to closely work with Amada or, uh, you know, client, a client service manager, um, as well as the client CFO Marcus in this, and, you know, in this, uh, in this case, um, on a given client, um, you know, we work together, like truly as a team, uh, striving to know the business of the, of our client to be able to advise them, uh, you know, and work with them, you know, year round. And so just being able to work with the same people on the same client, uh, mm-hmm. bounce off ideas and, you know, brainstorm, you know, whatever the client might be going through or asking, you know, us to advise them on, um, and workload management. So I know the clients that I have in my care, um, you know, as a team, we can plan year round for what we need to offer them or, um, when they ask us questions, you know, they have a team. It's not just one person um, when it comes to their accounting, payroll, and and tax. And uh, the other benefits, I guess, is, you know, coming from the tax world and the hours, um, you know, I might not be watching Netflix, uh, you know, during the day, (laughs) but, uh, you know, just having a lot more flexibility than than ever really before. Um, so that's definitely a benefit, um, coming from a mom of three, so three little ones. Um, so yes, definitely, uh, definitely high, lots of benefits. Yeah. And I know, um, like for you guys, we were even able to find, so not just consistency in the team, but also consistency with the type of clients. So you guys have mostly, if not all now, um, dental or orthodontic clients. Mm -hmm. So this is also a question that people often wonder about when we do advisory services and say, we pretty much take care of everything for the back office of the business is you're able to see like, we don't do that for any of our other dentists. They're asking us to do this thing. So it's easy to point out. It's easy to talk with each other and know exactly what each person does to realize when something's being asked that's out of scope Um, and to be able to identify that and then to know exactly between the three of you who's going to let them know it's out of scope, why it's out of scope, how we can help with that special project or who would be better to help them. Maybe it's somebody in their team. Maybe it's somebody outside of Dillon Business Advisors completely. Or if it is a special project, you know, what that looks like, what the cost might be for that. Well, Amada, Elena, thank you so much for your time, for joining us, for sharing just a little bit more insight into what a day-to-day actually looks like um, being part of the team of three. Did you guys have anything else that you wanted to share or leave people with? No, just thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Um, The team of three has really worked, has has definitely uh, improved life, uh, work, everything um, here at Dillon Business Advisor. So uh, we're you know, we're a testament to that. We can, we can vouch for that. (laughs) Awesome. 
Thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode. Leave us a review with your thoughts, comments, and feedback on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Join us again next week for another great conversation.